Hello, and here we are again at Film Festival Reviews. This is Christina Kotlar. I'm your host for this really interesting program. Since we diverge a bit into another area of independent filmmaking and one of my favorites, and that's animation. Who doesn't love cartoons? My favorite will always be Bugs Bunny with his wisecracking, get this guy attitude. And he always got out of those predicaments, those tight spots with, of course, you know, the, eh, what's up, doc, or better yet, pronoun trouble, eh? Last Wednesday, October 11th, I went to the B-Film, the Underground Film Festival's monthly screening, which this month featured animation shorts. And it was excellent. Lawrence Asaroff, founder and director, introduce the animation screening as well as introducing Sidney Baumain who curated the shorts program that included Bill Plimpton's Die Dog and a New York premiere of his work for Weird Al Yankovic's music video Don't Download the Song. There were um, many outrageously funny animations such as Sean is Cool, Tony is Stupid by Sean McBride, absolutely side-splitting British humor in Dreams and Desires, Family Ties by Joanna Quinn, Puppet by Patrick Smith, Tiny Shoes by Signey Baumain, and two rat-themed love stories, One Rat Short by Alex Weil, noted by Plimpton as the hottest animation film of the year, and a classic because it was made in 1993, The House on the Hill, by Piotr Sapigin. Signe Baumain, Alex Weil, and Bill Plimpton were on hand for the Q&A, giving their insights into the world of animators and their struggles for recognition. Bill, who gave out guide dog sketches after the film screenings, is promoting a new animation film, Hair High, that will be screening at the Two Boots Pioneer Theater in New York City, October 18th through the 25th, I caught up with him in between book signings and planning an opening night complete with cheerleaders, chicken mascot, and a horde of Vespas. Enjoy the show. We met last week actually yes. at the B-Film monthly series. This was on animation. Right. So you know Lorraine pretty well. I've known her for about two years. Mm -hmm. And she's fabulous, you know, because mm -hmm. I talked to her. She was on my first show, actually. Well, yeah, she's a real supporter of independent films and of short films and of animation, which I uh, particularly like. And uh, she had an evening of animated shorts uh, programmed by Segna Bauman. And I showed two films. I showed Guide Dog, which is my brand-new short film, a uh, follow-up to Guard Dog. And also, I'm showing a Weird Al Yankovic song called "Don't Download the" or music video called "Don't Download the Song," and that was kind of a premiere. Actually, it hasn't really been shown much at all in a festival, so it was a real uh, exciting moment for me. I just thought it was fabulous. Which one was yours, uh, other than your own favorite? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there was some some great stuff there. I liked. Um, I'm trying to remember the program now. <laughs> We had a, a couple of them with the rats. Yeah, a bunch of rat films. The, the man who built a house had a, a, a rat who was trying to get rid of, and the rat kept surviving all these deadly uh, traps, and they end up falling in love, which is pretty kinky. <laughs> of course, One Rat Short by Alex from, um, from Charlex, and that's being touted as the hot film of the year. It's winning a lot of prizes. And um, 
I'm trying to think of what else was in the program. No, your film is very different. You come from the old school, and and again, when we talked uh, very briefly, you were telling me how you got started and, and what were your influences mm -hmm. when, you, when you got started. Yeah, well, I was um, became enamored with animation at a very young age. I think I was four, four years old, and I saw, I think it was Daffy Duck or some Walt Disney on TV, and I just thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen, and I, I knew immediately that that whatever it took to get to make those films I wanted to do that so as I was growing up there were a lot of people I looked at of course Walt Disney and uh, Tex Avery Bob Clampett was a big influence the Fleischer Brothers you know the Popeye I love the Popeye cartoons and Betty Boop so uh, I was always drawing I was always uh, creating little cartoon characters but it wasn't until later in my career that I turned to animation the reason was that uh, when I got out of school, which was in the 70s, animation was pretty dead. Uh, Disney had stopped making uh, animated films. Uh, Warner Brothers had stopped doing it. Fleischer Brothers was out of business. And so the only people that were doing anything was uh, Hanna-Barbera, and I hated Hanna-Barbera. I thought that was the worst. It wasn't any even animation. So I kind of put my career on hold and, and became an illustrator and cartoonist. I did political cartoons, I did caricatures, I did uh, illustrations for magazines. I saw on your website you had a whole list of publications and everything that you contributed to. Yeah, I, I wasn't really big successful, but I was uh, sort of semi-successful. Uh, it was around the mid-80s when um, uh, the whole independent film uh, era started. People like Jim Jarmusch and, and, and Spike Lee, and I thought, well, these guys are making films away from Hollywood. Uh, why can't I? So I jumped into animation and made this very quirky, bizarre little film called Your Face. I think it was finished in 86. And lo and behold, it uh, was Oscar-nominated and was a huge hit. It was picked up by MTV and BBC and Cano Plus and, and places all around the world. So it was a real, um, I don't know if it was lucky or just good timing or what, what it was, but it was right in the mid-80s, mid-date ladies, that animation started to um, create a second golden age. And this was due to a number of reasons. I think uh, MTV was one of the instigators of it. I think that Walt Disney started uh, getting back into animated feature films with uh, Lion King and The um, Little Mermaid and, and uh, films like that. And then I'll, I think that the Japanese animation started coming in and that, that brought a lot of interest. And The Simpsons, I think The Simpsons created a climate that, hey, it's cool to do animation uh, and adult animation is uh, even cooler. And they're playing it at prime time. Yeah, prime time, which lasted, what, 14, 15 years now, and I don't think any other TV comedy has lasted that long. So it is a, uh, amazing that animation is so resilient and characters are so um, so strong. Well, I think, that, you know, just from the resiliency aspect of the Bugs Bunny cartoons that we're talking about, those are absolutely my favorite. Mm -hmm. And I think I see a little influence in your, Absolutely. In your guard dog, guide dog. No, Bugs there Bunny. Because there was the, tr uh, the hair that grows in Brooklyn and you have Spike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, I wanted to ask what your dog's name was. Uh, we don't have a name for him. If you have a name for the dog, please let me know. I, I don't have a name for him, which is kind of weird because uh, he's become my, my Mickey Mouse. He's become very popular. And, uh, he has such a sweet personality. Everybody loves him, and, and I, I hope that it continues because I've, I've planned a few more shorts to make with that character. 
Yeah, we want to do a little doll, little stuffed doll of the of the uh, of the dog, and T-shirts, of course. So, I hope that it becomes a real um, popular icon of of our culture. That's just what I was going to say. I could see him becoming an icon. Yeah, uh, Mickey Mouse or Bugs Bunny or you know something like that, Daffy Duck. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about uh, guard dog, guide dog, how that got started. Mm -hmm. too. Well, I have, I have three rules for success in making a short uh, animated film. Uh, number one is to make the film short, which is about five minutes or less. Anything over that, it's really hard to sell. I think guide dog comes in at five minutes and 20 seconds or something like that. And I just know that a lot of people, a lot of festivals, a lot of distributors, a lot of DVD collections, they don't like films that are over over five, five or six minutes. It's just hard to for people to sit through it. Uh, number two is keep the film cheap. Keep it uh, at least under $1,000 a minute. Uh, now with the flash technology and computer technology, it's a lot easier to make the film uh, fairly inexpensively, but if you want to put a lot of special digital effects or huge music or orchestration or popular song or expensive voices, uh, it's going to make the budget go way out of whack and it's going to be almost impossible to make that money back when you sell it. And number three, and I think probably the most important, uh, is that the film should be funny. I think that uh, when people watch animation, for whatever reason, they like to laugh. They, they expect to laugh. And fortunately for me, I grew up making cartoons that made people laugh. So it's, it's quite easy for me to um, turn my humor uh, into animation, and uh, people seem to, seem to like it. It's really a, a kind of a slapstick humor. It's real, real. Maybe not politically correct. Yeah, they're definitely not politically correct. There is some violence in there. There is some sex in there. Happens to the people that he's supposed to guide. Right. <laughs> Blind people. What happens to them? You never know what happens to them. Yeah. You know, because he's going for this job and he really wants to do it. He's trying so hard. You know? <laughs> so is that sort of uh, the direction you go? You have these characters that are, you know, you put them in situations and then kind of throw things at them and how they get through this situation? Well, that's what my comedy is all about, is what's the worst scenario that can happen? What's the most disgusting, depraved, violent thing that can happen? And that's usually what I do. <laughs> and they somehow survive. Well, you know, the thing about animation is you can't take it seriously. I mean, every time uh, Wile E. Coyote falls off a cliff and lands on these rocks below, he bounces back. It's so exaggerated, it's so surreal, it's so beyond normal that the violence has becomes funny, it becomes a joke. And I think that's the difference between uh, a sad film and a, and a funny film is that um, the violence or the, the pain in a sad film is believable. And, uh, and whereas in an animated cartoon, it's totally unbelievable. It's totally surreal. And that's what, what makes people laugh. The other thing that I really um, enjoy is your style. Uh -huh. Thank you. You're, you had a color pencil, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is my favorite medium, yeah. because I also sketch. And tell me, did you have the influence from comic books? Because your angles seem to be very exaggerated and the colors from the Yankovic films to create a feeling for these uh, animations? Mm -hmm. That's a tough question to answer because I, there's so many influences in my career from Disney of course and from comic books although I didn't read a lot of comic books as a kid I didn't read Mad Magazine that much I was mostly enamored of, of animation animated cartoons I was just fanatic for animation any time I see a 
clip in a newspaper or magazine, I'd cut it out and trace it over and redraw it. But also movies, live action movies, something like um, Citizen Kane has some great angles in it, some great camera shots. Uh, a lot of the weird sort of films from the 60s and 70s, you know, the Yellow Submarine and, and, and even the um, uh, Quentin Tarantino films have a lot of wild kind of cinematography. And uh, I think a lot of that has influenced me. And it's really almost impossible for me to tell, you know, where the influence was. I mean, there's some wonderful Polanski films in his early career that were very surreal in terms of cinematography. And, and I think that was uh, uh, one of the influences. I find it interesting that uh, there are a lot of filmmakers now that combine the media. So mm -hmm. animation will be involved in let's mm -hmm. say, a, a narrative film. Right. Then a few of those things. I have something coming out soon. It's called Fuck, a documentary. And I saw it, oh, you saw it? Oh, you I did? Where'd you yeah. see it? I saw it at the Silver Docks. Oh, really? And, and the filmmakers were actually sitting there. Steve there. Anderson. Wow. Mm -hmm. Did you interview them? Yes, I did. Well, good. Good. Okay. Well, I can talk about it then. You can talk about it. <laughs> So for people who don't know, it's interviews with people about uh, the word uh, F-U-C-K and how they feel about it, what it means to them, where it came from, how they use it. And it's, a, it's, a, it's whimsical. It's amusing. It's not a scholarly, you know, uh, intellectual-based film. It's, it's a, it has a lot of fun, a lot of jokes. Hunter Thompson is interviewed. I think it's his last interview. Billy Connolly and, and Janine Garofalo. Um, uh, who's that uh, TV guy? Uh, Sam Donaldson is in it. Pat Boone. A lot of unexpected kind of people talk about the word. So, and then I did some animation for it. And I also, I believe, they're showing uh, Guide Dog uh, as a uh, lead-in short uh, for the distribution. So it will be your chance out there for everybody Great. to finally see Guide Dog. Are you showing Guide Dog also this week? Yeah, I'm showing Guide Dog and Guard Dog uh, at the premiere of Hair High which will be Wednesday night, the 18th, and will run through the 25th, I believe, at the Two Boots Cinema, which is down in the East Village. And it will be a 9 o'clock screening. I will be there, I think, every night, signing cards and giving everybody who comes a free drawing. Well, there's something else that's going on also, because when we talked, you said, oh, there's going to be We got a there. mascot. We got a chicken mascot who will be very uh, raunchy. <laughs> it's a very friendly chicken, and we got uh, cheerleaders. We may have some Vespa motor scooters out there. We're being co-sponsored by uh, Soho Vespa, so it should be a wild, uh, a wild evening. You're the director. You write the story. You mm -hmm. do the animation. Mm -hmm. Yep, do all the animation. Thousands. Th uh, Thirty thousand drawings for this film. Hair high. Hair high. Do you get bored doing the same drawing over no, and over again? No, no, no. It's fun. It's it's pleasant uh, because it's not always exactly the same. It's a little bit different. And I think that it uh, is one of the most relaxing things I do. Instead of going to a, a therapist or a yoga class, drawing is my, uh, I just feel in, invigorated after drawing for 12 hours a day. It just feels really great. I'll have to show you some of my sketches. I'd I love to see so you oh, good. Good. I hope so. But, so not only do you do all the work in it, you're promoting it too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you're involved in the marketing. Yeah. I also checked on your website. You had a slew of film festivals that you're going to. Mm -hmm. How do you choose the film festivals? Yeah, I get a lot, of, a lot of live action ones too. Um, basically, it's a place that I would like to go. And it's not necessarily a, a, a resort uh, area, you know, like for example, last year I went to uh, Anchorage, Alaska, 
and then Juneau, Alaska. So the, some of our exotic places. I'm back from Mexico, then I'm heading out to Italy and Singapore. And We're going to Spain on Monday. We're going to Spain on Monday, and I, I just like to um, explore the world. I love traveling. I love visiting people. They treat you really well. They treat you like a rock star. You, know, you get all this press, and, and people fuss over you, and you get great meals, stay at the best hotels. So I'm addicted to it. It's, it's hard, hard to... Uh, turn a lot of these invitations down and sometimes I get carried away like I did this this, this month but um, you know things will get done and and it makes life enjoyable so uh, unfortunately I, that's, I say yes all the time when I should say no I'm working on a new film now that uh, will soon be uh, put together uh, I think next week I'll have all the artwork done and we will start showing it around to uh, anonymous people and to friends and I'll uh, say so what you think of it was confusing what didn't you like and then I will adjust it to uh, to what I think will, will make it work better and I think that's a really smart thing to do uh, Hollywood's been doing that for well since the beginning and I think if you're gonna spend a lot of time a lot of money on a film that you want to be successful it's, it really behooves you to m test it and make sure that it's the best film you can make because otherwise you throw all that money down the toilet and you'll never make your money back. And for me, I need to make the money back because I need to make more films because I love to draw. <laughs> How did the audience react to your films? Very well, as I recall, but it might have been because I was there and they, were, they wanted to be nice and friendly, but um, everywhere we've shown Guide Dog, we've been uh, really amazed at how well it's done and how well the audience likes it. Like I say, this is the first screening, I think, for um, the Weird Al uh, animation, so it was, it was excellent. I hope it, it continues. And you're going to have to test it on the audience that have um, their own seeing-eye dogs in the theater. Yeah, that's a good question. It's uh, For people who don't know, the, the guide dog is uh, inspired by my neighborhood, actually. I live two blocks from the house of the home of the blind. And so I see a lot of uh, seeing-eye dogs in the neighborhood. And, and I was looking for an idea for another guard, uh, guard dog film. And I thought, oh, yeah, seeing-eye dog, he was definitely a recipe for disaster there. <laughs> I probably had too many ideas, but I, d I didn't want to make it a long film, so maybe I'll do a guide dog part two. But, uh, you know, it's, it is politically incorrect, and, and unfortunately, or fortunately, the blind people won't be able to see it to, to object to it. So. But they could hear it, so they go in there, and they really enjoy the films. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> this week you're going to be showing here the two booths, mm -hmm. and then you're going to Spain. Do you have a fuller schedule? The schedule I have is um, I'm going to three or four places, actually five or six places, until end of November. Then Christmas, I'm or December rather, I have pretty much free, and then um, uh, January is pretty cool. And then it picks up again in February. The Oscars, Cannes, uh, Annecy, um, these are all major festivals that happen around that uh, February to March to, to April. So it's, it starts picking up. So I'm going to have some free time. Fortunately, I, I have a feature I'm working on right now, Idiots and Angels, and a short film about this uh, pillow, this killer pillow, that uh, should be finished in, by next week. So that'll be, that'll be a relief. I know that you curated some animation film for the Tribeca. Mm -hmm. Is that mm -hmm. something that's going to be coming up? Uh, so far, it's, they, they said they really loved it. We uh, had three sellouts uh, at the animation program, and it was strictly New York animation, simply because a lot of people uh, ignore animation 
simply because we don't have any big major Robert De Niro, Martin Scorsese, Spike Lee kind of talent, you know, superstars. So they kind of ignore it, but we drew so well. We had such a good audience. I think they want us to come back. We may even have a panel on New York City animation, which I would love to do. They're, they're talking about wanting to do that. So, yeah, if people are around for Tribeca, um, I believe it's in April, so uh, definitely check it out. We were able to get some really great actors. Uh, Sarah Silverman, who's one of my favorites, David and, and uh, Keith Carradine, uh, Dermot Mulroney. We actually had some cartoonists in there. We had Matt Groening of The Simpsons fame and Don Hertzfeld of Rejected Fame. Beverly D'Angelo did a voice. So we were very happy, but I don't think that the voices, as good as they are, really are as important as the story, as the art, as the animation. Um, That's true because you forget who those people are, what I want. Yeah, exactly. Once you get into the story, you forget who's, who the voice is and they become a totally different character. What would you say to the young uh, animator, the young filmmaker for mm -hmm. animations? Mm -hmm. um, I know you gave them the three rules of advice. Right, right. You're devoting your, your time, your energy, mm -hmm. as you say, this is the drawing part is relaxing for you, but not everybody could get started that mm -hmm. way. Well, let me go back even earlier. I think if they do have ambitions to be an animator, I think, first of all, they should draw a lot. Draw every day, take a sketchbook with you, constantly be drawing. I think they should have a, a very inquisitive personality. I think they should be curious about life, be, uh, always remain a child. You always got to be like eyes are all totally open and, and, and just uh, the world is a place of wonder. And I think that's a very important um, personality trait to have if you want to make animated films. Uh, for example, the, the guard dog idea came to me when I was looking at a dog barking at a pigeon. And I wondered, why is that silly dog barking at this innocent little bird? You know, it's, the bird's not going to do anything to him. And that's that kind of curiosity about life you have to have. And so I went inside that dog's brain and, and made up this totally weird rationalization in that the bird had plans to kill the dog's master and the dog was paranoid that he would lose his master. And so that whole concept opened up this wonderful wonderful set of ideas and, and gags that made Guard Dog uh, Oscar-nominated film. So I think that you really have to be curious about life and, and, and about the world around you and about people. Uh, draw people all the time. I think um, that if you can't draw a person, it's really uh, much more difficult to be successful. I think that uh, you can go to film school, you can go to animation school, but I don't necessarily think that, that that's a must. I didn't. I really picked up most of the animation from friends of mine and, and books and, and just seen a lot of films. I, I think it's important for them to watch a lot of movies, know your film history, know your animation history. I think that's a really important aspect of it. I think it's good to have a sense of humor. I think you've got to be able to know how to make people laugh. What makes people laugh? What people laugh at? I am always listening to the audiences when I see a film and sort of gauging how people will laugh and what they laugh at. I think that's, that's a really important part. I think that once you make your film, the next step is to send it to festivals. It's, uh, the festivals is where the buyers are, it's where all the distributors are, all the agents are, all the TV stations and DVD compilations. They all go there looking for material and uh, they do the same thing. They listen to what 
the audience reacts to, what films they like, what films they don't like, what, what films are applauded. And they will approach these filmmakers after this festival and say, well, we want to buy your film. And that's what happened to me. I went to Annecy. Uh, your Face was a big hit. And I was shocked by all these people coming up to me and saying, wow, we love your film. Here's $5,000. Can we show it? I said, gee, yeah, why not? <laughs> I had no idea this, this was out there. So it was pretty much just dumb luck that I stumbled into this business and became so um, successful at it. But that's the way to do it, is to make a film that you think the audience will like and send it to the festivals. Uh, Annecy, Sundance, the Oscars, uh, Clermont Ferrand, Cannes, Hiroshima, Zagreb, they're all listed on, uh, on uh, filmfestivals.com. And uh, that's, what, that's what you want to do. I have a listing on my... Uh, oh, very good. Well, you're the, the woman, right? Filmfestivalreviews.com listed by month. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. There are, um, I think that's the way to do it is by month because people don't know when the deadlines are. But there are a lot of specialized festivals and they're, they're starting to pop up as you know. Uh, there was a, a festival about dogs and Guide Dog and Guide Dog both played and were very successful. Uh, if you have a film that's extremely painful, I think I suggest you send it there. But the you know, animation festivals and the live action festivals both are equally important to me and I make just as much money from Sundance as I do from Annecy or Ottawa or some other animation festival. There's a new festival now, it's called Platform, P-L-A-T-F-O-R-M. It uh, takes place in June in Portland, Oregon, and it is something much more important than Ottawa. It's really uh, very well organized, very well funded by the Cartoon Network, and Portland, Oregon is a beautiful, beautiful city, especially in June. It's a real gem of a city. Not only that, it's your hometown. It's my hometown, I, so I am a little prejudiced. <laughs> but I don't live there now. I live in I live in New York. I know. This is like Portland, right? Yeah. All right, well, well, thank you so much for Excellent. taking the time here because I know you're really busy and you're getting mm -hmm. everything all set up. And right, I look right. forward to uh, seeing the film okay. tomorrow. Okay, tell everybody to come to Hair High. I'll be playing for a week at Two Boots, and I'll be there signing uh, drawings for everybody. Excellent. Right. Okay. Thank you. Bye. All right, um, there you have it. Know your film history, animation history. I think there were... A lot of good things for filmmakers gained from his insights and experience. Bill's been around the block a few times and still loves what he does and is making a living doing it. Hey, you know, it can be done. Plus, I like his thinking on choosing film festivals, taking the opportunity to explore the world, and showing his films to audiences that might not always be on the list of the must-be at this film festival list for most filmmakers. So. Maybe I'll get my sketchbook out and start drawing again. Just get back into the zen of it all. Never know what might come out of it. So go out and see some great animation at the Pioneer Theater. Check out for the film festival schedule at filmfestivalreviews.com. All right, so until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>